Hey, everybody. All-time level episode of the show today. Nick was in rare form. Easy was in rare form. Quite frankly, Clemente was in rare form. It's a jam of a show where we talk about all the action in the NFT space, but we also talk about like Solana and how Solana is progressing in the way that it is and how Ethereum is actually catching a little bit of shade, even from the Ethereum maximalist community. Uh, We also talk about our business in depth, I think in a way that people appreciate. Nick is pretty unhinged on the show overall. It's a great episode of the show. Really hope you enjoy it. There's a $33 million uh, proof of play on-chain video game and technology company, Raze, led by none other than A16Z Andreessen Horowitz, probably the the number one name you want to hear from the venture world when it comes to these Web3 fundraising events. Uh, Easy, this is is some pretty wild shit. Look at this. uh, Angel investors like Balaji, Justin Can, and more. Balaji's been swinging in the Web3 world. He also invested in a company called Drip House. Uh, what's going on here? Yeah, so this is the proof of play. It's for a company that created the game Pirate Nation, which is a hyper-casual, idle-style game. You see these Roblox-style characters. Many people say they're like pirate me-bits. I actually hold two of these assets. I bought them probably six, seven months ago just because I wanted to play the game. So they were on Polygon, Bridge to Arbitrum Nova. Proof of Play is releasing a way that people can actually play the game for free with email sign-up, custodial wallets, and still get NFTs. So it's really like this onboarding effort for people outside the space to figure out what is, what's really going on here. I saw the, the backing by Bology, A16Z, and more. $33 million is no joke. So these things went down, I think, to like as low as 0.05, 0.06. I bought like one rare. Um, which I was comfortable with just because the game's kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. And I don't have all the time in the world to play it, sadly, but I've been able to just kind of enjoy the game. It's really simple game loops, really simple game mechanics. And uh, Proof of Play is the parent company, which is going to release future games. Uh, I've talked to the team a few times, actually. Really smart team, really good guys over there. Really friendly, very eager and open to like letting you try stuff, getting you assets to try the game. Overall, just a really great team. But to raise $33 million in a bear market when funding, many people say, is essentially dried up, that's a pretty big check size. What's the average funding size that A16Z typically participates in? Anybody? Anybody? 25 64 to 50 million. million. 64, 64 million. So this is 50% the size of that. This is not actually that shocking if you see A16Z and uh, Pios says, I want to see A16Z. I don't. I didn't say I, I want wanted to see, them, to see them. You said, you know, you said, I, you said I love A16Z. I want to have sex with the partners. Those were your That's words. That's exactly what mine. you said verbatim. And well, then everyone thing, heard it. The thing that I was saying is uh, the, the, they're like borderline the soft bank of California. SoftBank uh, is a venture fund based out of Asia, which funded WeWork and a couple of other companies which ran into uh, issues because they were overfunded. I mean, WeWork is a classic disaster, so that's kind of a a stain on the uh, founder of... I'm blanking on the founder of SoftBank, uh, uh, Masayoshi-san. So this guy is like this well-known, wild investor. And uh, so this was like a stain on his reputation, and uh, uh, WeWork was. But the reason I bring that up is basically A16Z, all their deal sizes are massive. Like think uh, OpenSea, think Proof, Yuga Labs, V-Friends. think Proof, think VFriends. Thank you. 
Um, you got any other layups right there? There's more. Throw me, throw World of the Women. Ball. Doodles. World of Dude. Women. Forgot about that. That is World very of Women interesting. ACT invested in. There you yeah. go. So like all their deals, the way that those typically work is it's a significant amount, raise it an incredibly high valuation uh, to a degree where uh, the founders of this business are never getting out. Uh, some of them involve a little bit of cash taken off. In the case of Clubhouse, for example, that was one where the founders actually on that first round took a significant amount of capital out and they were getting a lot of flack for it. Uh, now, in hindsight, it looks pretty good uh, because <laughs> nobody uses Clubhouse. Clubhouse pivoted into being a, a voice messaging system, like, I, I don't know, like text messages, I guess, uh, like it, they're, that they're competing with, essentially, at this point in time. It's not clear uh, the value. They, they lost. It seems like uh, Twitter Spaces is the winner out of that. But long story short, I don't know that this is like A16Z doesn't do small deals. They do have a seed fund. It, it does exist. But by and large, you don't hear about those deals as much as you do as the ones that they're leading. And all those average around 60 plus million dollars. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, so easy. The real question is, are you up or down on the NFTs that you bought? Fairly up, like 0 0.03 each on them, 0.02. It's not a ton, but like... The thing is, I'm still holding them just because when you actually play the game, if I had any time to play the game, you it's really easy to get more NFTs that are actually liquid. Like that's the thing mm -hmm. is like this game, you get assets, you can actually resell those assets. There's secondary markets for all of it. You can get these like pirate ships and the pirates themselves are like 0.1 to 0.15. So there is like ample opportunity to make money off the game. But it's also just like this is one of those games that has a, a decently fun game loop. And you and I have tried a million different hyper casual games on like mobile and stuff. And uh, it's comparative to those where I'm like, this is actually a well done game, well thought out, really easy to understand, which has been kind of a gap I've seen from like Web3 idle games or hyper casual games is the industry that they call them. Typically, the game loops can be a little bit confusing and the actions that you can take. This one's really friendly as far as like user experience, which has been a big the, win. The problem that I've run into with most of them and the ones that I've always been interested in uh, all follow the same patterns, like become an entrepreneur. And immediately you grow to like trillions of dollars or numbers that aren't even like humanly possible. Deca quadrillions, like ran. I, I don't. I don't even know what that even means. Um, but but it's uh, uh, numbers that are too large to even fathom. And so you end up owning a oil refinery or you end up owning this other thing. The problem with most of those games is they get old after a certain uh, period of time. There was one. What was that startup clicker one that? Uh, I was playing there for a minute. Oh there. God! Where you bought like six hockey teams, four oil rigs, and uh, uh, became a president of a country. Something life, so, right? Bit life? No, no. Bit life's no. a little different. Oh, that's that like a text-based RPG. Yeah, that's like a text. It's like The Sims if it was text-based. The one Nick was playing was like startup. Something. Some name was startup, and it was it was chaotic. But this game is like that's also why I like it is because like the number doesn't just infinitely go up, which is nice. Like. It feels like you have to accomplish things and you get badges and it's a real visual experience where like you startup, get wood. Idle Startup Tycoon. You can view it at coolmathgames.com. It's, it's, cool it's like Nick, a they're not paying game. us for the shelf. Wait, wait, real quick. The name is Idle Startup Tycoon. Nick, do you approve of that name for a, for a video game? Is that the name you would have gone with? I don't care about the name if it's fun. And that one was actually pretty fun. I played it for a while. 
uh, but it looks like I last logged in August 29th. I, I played it from August 17th to August 29th. So you get 12 days of me clicking on Nick that. Nick and I game. would be on calls and he would be looking down and I'd have to literally be like, Nick, stop playing the game. for. I need 30 seconds real quick. And he'd just be like, oh, my bad, my bad. My, my oil refinery just printed $10 million. I'm like, dude, give me two seconds. So right now I have 179.77 DT cash in the game. I don't even know what that means. But yeah, you got the right game uh, selected here, Clemente. This is the standard type of idle game. So you click on each of the things, and then and then you get power-ups that like accelerate you through the process. And then the idea is that you end up watching number go up, and you just get pleasure out of seeing that number go up, where the... Where the problem with those games is they they usually die pretty quickly because the game has not thought beyond that and there's no once you like figure out the loop and you get through all of that initial uh friction it's just not that exciting so i don't know we'll see i, I hope that i hope that they figure out one for 35 million dollars i'll tell you well i think uh, idle startup tycoon did not did not raise that much uh, I think it's that they're going to have more games, and it's actually the tech stack that they built for the onboarding experience that I think is the most valuable aspect of this. Right. Like now they have custodial free NFTs, no wallet connection needed. You can still get NFTs, you can withdraw them. It just created this full experience where like people who don't hold NFTs can easily get them, and the characters are something that feels relatable. Like you look at these pirates, and it looks like Roblox, which is something that a lot more people outside the space can relate to and see and think, oh, that's a video game. I'm curious what that video game is. So it's like part of it's a human psychology aspect of seeing recognizable characters in a scenario that's enjoyable, which is like creating pirate ships and like battling other pirates and creating this island that you're on. They just, in my opinion, have just done a really good job with it. And they're hyper transparent when like we've talked about the building in public thing uh, a lot, both internally and externally on the show. And they do that so well because every week, they post a relatively large Discord announcement of everything that they're working on and where it is status-wise, what's being shipped next, and then a go-live announcement when something pushes out and goes live with something on Twitter as far as like a video or a graphic. So like when you look at it, it's like, oh, this team for the last half year has never missed a week without shipping something tangible. And that's like, it doesn't, obviously like the floor price is not an ETH, but it's like that gets people who are in the game and playing it. The entire Discord community there is so positive about it and excited for what they're working on. And then they dropped this, which I was not expecting at all. And I've been an active participant following Proof of Play for a little bit of time now, uh, especially with like their move to Arbitrum Nova, which was largely backed by the community and holder base saying, transactions take a while. We want something faster. We want something that could even be custodial so we don't have to click every time for a transaction. And they seem to have figured it out, which is now what I think Proof of Play is actually raising for, is this whole tech stack, not just this one game, and the rollout of future games and being a developer for other projects. Well, I think so, one, one thing that you just talked about, if I could weigh in for a sec, is like the difference between like the success of the gaming entity or any entity in Web3 versus the price of the actual NFTs and how they're, they're separate, right? There's a certain degree of them being separate for sure. Um, I mean, I don't want to derail the gaming conversation. I had an example I wanted to bring up. Nick, what, what did you want to bring, uh, bring in? And Easy's going to come back in a second. I asked him to rejoin because his editor. I just wanted to bring up some uh, big news for, on my end yesterday. Made a big purchase of an NFT. Oh well, hold on. Before uh, you talk about that, then um, I saw ice bags or bag. I don't know 
what name he likes to go by, but the, the founder of Camp I Pandas. And bags he, of Ice. Bags of Ice. And um, he had tweeted about the success of his podcast. I believe it's called the Overdogs Podcast. I've been paying close attention to this. Um, it's an MMA podcast from a Web3 guy. So, like, you know, I am his target audience 1,000%. And he tweeted that they've been getting 100K views on the channel per day. And obviously, the three of us, we know what that feels like, right? Our channel has had a million views in a day before nine. 180,000. So we, we know about that game. And I almost, repl- he was like, don't keep sleeping on pandas, blah, blah, blah. And I almost responded because, but, but I get gun shy about responding to these things publicly because there's people in the web three space that come through like, <sighs> you know what I mean? And, and so I don't, uh, I don't, you know, weigh in, I, I should have DM'd him privately. But the thing is, is like, you can go and crush an MMA podcast on YouTube, which he's absolutely doing, absolutely crushing it, building out a whole brand. But like the response you get from the people that hold the NFT or from the market of potential buyers for the NFT is like, that's cool. What does it do for the NFT? And so th- that's like the kind of disconnect that you're you're balancing in the space. If you go and have success, have success doing something that isn't literally like pumping the price of an NFT. Nick, it looks like you want to weigh in with something. Well, you also got to think about the distinction here. He's getting that on full blown podcast on a one and a half hour podcast. The views that like uh, a lot of it is getting, shorts. Get, it's viral shorts that he's doing. Well, I don't know. Episode episode five, season one, his video has 121,000 views. He's got another one here with 26,000 views on uh, the podcast side. But yeah, the shorts, you are, uh, you well, are correct. I, he, when you were pulling that up, it looked like that was uh, a large portion of it. He did um, a 90-minute sit-down with John Jones, who's like the, the best, he's the consensus best fighter of all time. And there aren't like 90-minute sit-downs with John Jones that it's not even 30-minute sit-downs with well, John Jones. Like that, that interview of, alone, it's crazy. He has a bunch of them, but it's 50K, 28K, 39K, 26K, 121K, 25. So like- They're crushing it. He's still- it, yeah, I, um, and I actually would. I, I understand what you're saying that uh, the NFT holders generally have that. I think they're in a unique position though, where like they at least have a a universal like they have a position and a brand in the market, and that and that's that's all that that really matters. And I think the YouTube furthers that brand um, is like the key thing. So. I actually like uh, how that's operating. You could also say NFT holders don't care about YouTube, but Pudgy Penguins has one with, and their views are like not a lot. Like they get like fifteen hundred views on a video, basically. Um, but people still reference it as like uh, as a point where I think it's more of like what like it serves a purpose. And I think when it goes to serve the purpose of the like particular like NFT project, then it, it it tends to have a better impact. I don't think like a YouTube channel itself makes price go up of NFT at all. But it's like, the exposure, which is the interesting thing. Like the Canpai Pandas one is because they're tapping into an MMA audience almost entirely. Like if you look at all of their podcast interviews, it's almost all with MMA fighters, people from that space, karate combat people, things like that where it's like, combat sports which to me is like they're looking at an audience that's not web3 native and attracting people to the brand that way whereas you look at like some of these fighters too they're wearing karate combat like mighty mouse a well-known uh flyweight fighter his gi has it on it like he wears a uh 
Campi Panda patch. Karate Combat's ad spaces in the event venue have Campi Pandas on the ring, on the walls. So it's one of these like overflow effects where you constantly see the logo and eventually you end up Googling what it is. You're like, what the hell is this panda that I see everywhere? Which is brand awareness. To be fair, their floor price has gone uh, has appreciated by negative fifty percent over the past uh, thirty days. Um, so I mean, it could also be a what, dilutive what, event because they dropped the Solana NFT within the last thirty days, so they added oh, they another one K supply. Yeah, so now you have that floor, which is basically the same as the ETH floor, which was slightly lower. Um, and once Layer Zero rolls out the Solana bridge, I expect that to be basically one to one because now you'll be able to bridge the assets to any chain, um, which they have I think like six chains for. So you can move it around and freely go where you need to. I mean, it's just you know what of, I thought was real quick. What I thought was interesting was on Blur, they've been the standard like featured collection for the last like six months, which I thought was was super interesting. And it's not a collection like Egod, so I was curious on on some sort of partnership there. Yeah, it's just the point that I was kind of making. I mean, I see some of the top talent in the uh, you know in mixed martial arts sporting the logo of the brand. You would think that that is as bullish as you can get. During 2021, it certainly would have been, without question, right? Certainly would have been. Um, but it, I, that's this is literally the exact point I was making, is that like very strong, robust business success, like launching a new podcast and getting hundreds of thousands of views a day on YouTube, getting the, the best fighter of all time, biggest names in the game. Fighter, uh, John Jones, right there on the screen. Clemente has it pulled up, has your logo on his chest. You would think that this would translate but but the response is actually more what does that do for the nft right because it's not like mma fans are buying nfts right now it's just, i mean look at this he's tweeting about it I mean, it's, it's ridiculous and so i'm just uh i'm just pointing it out it's the challenge that um nft organizations face and there's a disconnect between business success versus nft price with the the question of what does it do for the nft deeply baked into that deeply baked in um nick you were going to say something about an nft you bought if we were going to move on uh big moves on my end Twenty thousand bones spent yesterday for a free nft on our platform i'm getting real close to finishing up this daigo deities collection on our platform i also had a conversation last night with people in the discord about making some of those tradable and it was like a mixed bag of uh responses but it was actually pretty interesting to hear what people thought about that side of things um everyone's like what is it what do i get like there there is no ability for people to do anything in this space without it being absolutely clear what the purpose is of the action that they're going to take well what do i get for this what do I like? Why is Nick collecting these things? I like the art. Okay. So if you go and check out the Doggo Deities collection on our platform, uh, it's my it's my favorite art of the pieces that we've done. And there's there's a couple, I think I well, I got Toro yesterday was one of the ones that I ended up getting. And there's a couple other items that just stand out. One that I'm missing right now, which I have a uh twenty thousand bone bid on. I'm going to be out of bones. Like by the time I finish this collection, I want to be absolutely clear. Like the people in the discord are like, Oh, this makes sense. No, go higher. And I'm like, one dog gets you 10 bones a day, which means that it would take you like, uh, eight years <laughs> or something like this to, to earn the amount of bones that I'm giving you. And, and, and people are still 
you know, fading it. The bottom line is uh, also with the drops that we've been focusing on, it's, it's been heavily focused on packs. I like this art the, the, the most. And uh, people are like, oh, oh, you also control the supply. That's true. I could just give myself 50,000 bones. <laughs> If, if like I really wanted, I've been I've been honest uh, with with my approach, and it has to do with dogs that I actually own. Obviously, I, I bought a bunch of the rares, um, and that and so those yield a higher level. Um, but anyways, long story short, I'm almost on to getting my full collection of doggo deities. Uh, I don't know which one is your favorite. The Midas one is sick. The Pharaoh that oh it looks like someone to. Um, Looks like I, I own that one. That one is just awesome. I mean, pull that up, Clemente. I appreciate you really showing these on the screen <laughs> while I'm discussing them. It's been really phenomenal, dude. You're just on point today. You, you're, Thank you. You're bringing a smile to my face, Nick, because I do feel like you know, as uh, I was architecting some of these packs uh, or these series, I should say, there was often a feeling on my side where I was like, I think Nick thinks this could be better. And for me to hear that uh, you know, this series is uh, something that you're really happy about, I can't say I'm surprised because it's by uh, Sam, who as an artist is just an absolute Ferrari. And so um, you know, he drives real fast and he'll drive you off of a mountain but if you let him kick it into seventh gear he's going to give you something special he he was making a physical product design for a merch item um, that i'm really excited to drop and he drove the car off a mountain i posted it in the physical products channel the slack nick um and and so uh we're dialing it back we're like all right you got to go the speed limit for a moment um and i'm actually excited about what he did when i asked him to go the speed limit mystico that's one of my favorites right there I have, tw yeah, I have 20,000 bone offer on this one. People are just snubbing my offers. The thing that I, I noticed, like one of the biggest issues, I see more and more offers being created, but not more and more offers being accepted. And that's because we haven't pushed alerts around uh, top offers on NFTs that you own. I think that's something that needs to um, go out in the newsletter or be a notification. So that'll end up uh, showing up so that hopefully more actual transactions happen as a result of it. Um, but there's people actually trading for them and some of these, the art is just sick and I want to own uh, like all of them. Um, and, and people are like, well, what do I get for it? It's like, how about you shut your mouth <laughs> about, how about, uh, I appreciate that you're, you're a holder, but how about you let us cook? It's, it's literally like, well, what do I get? What do I get? That's the only question that an NFT holder has. What do I get? How are you taking care of me? How about you, how you grease my hands? Oh, thanks for giving me a hundred, like uh, $50. Thank you so much. But and we made $5 on your purchase of our Bodago. Well, how you how you grease in my hands? Okay. Well, look. I, right now, I'm focused on collecting. I'm enjoying the collecting process. And uh, how about you just wait? How about you chill out? So, um, real quick, Nick, you did that reference that you talked about the idea of the free NFTs uh, being tradable on the secondary with people in the Discord, and you said you got a mixed response. I actually am starting to think that people would prefer to have them tradable because that look. You look at Friend Tech. The reason Friend Tech went viral is because of. 
um, a price being attached to an asset and people having the opportunity to make money. And there's never really been like major viral platforms or products in the space that didn't have a price attached. Price is the single uh, most interesting thing to the market. Um, but obviously, there's layers to this. There's a lot of complexity here, especially with our ecosystem. What, what was the sort of mixed response? Well, the biggest thing that I'm trying to figure out, we haven't wanted to uh, make them tradable because right. we didn't want a dilutive impact to our NFTs, which it seems like it just gets diluted by anything we, we do anyway. So it, does, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, people just disrespect the price. If you're looking for the utility of price go down, buy our NFT. I'm waiting for, I'm a, I'm a sweep the NFT. Uh, but if, if y'all bozos keep selling it for less, I'm just going to wait. Like and, then just buy it and buy the whole damn collection because people can't wait to literally in Solana. People can't wait three days. If there's not a release or if the release is insufficient for their demands, they're just like, oh, what the hell are these people doing? They're doing nothing. It is on us to show more of what we're doing, which is what we discussed yesterday. But that is one of the problems. As for the trading side, people discuss dilution. I was like, look, you can control which of these are tradables, uh, like tradable assets that we have. Some of them have like not a lot where I like I paid a bunch of bones for like Pharaoh. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, I want that as a real NFT. It would be cool if I could like pay bones to go and move that off the chain. Or if I even pay Solana to move it on onto like onto Solana and now it's in my Solana wallet and I can go put it on Magic Eden. But the it's known, it gives no utility. And some guy was like, well, can I stake it to earn bones? And I'm like, no, that would dilute the dogs. Uh, Bodagos. So like, no, like that's just not a possibility. He's like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, and then he's like, well, how about, how about uh, if I, well, what can I trade these for? And I'm like, you can't like, I don't like, I don't, maybe you can trade them for other NFTs because you like them. Like the, the whole we need a separate segment of this, which is art. And I've seen that happen from uh, the, drip house side of things there's no utility in those nfts that you get and all those you, you, nfts are like two dollars three dollars five dollars i had a guy so we did a survey within our audience we did we actually hired a marketing consultant who went in and did uh surveying of the audience and came up with an assessment of us because we were developing market personas which no one cares about like uh <laughs> but, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you about it all day long and as 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 we were going through this process we offered a free NFT. By the way, Pia, we, we need to finish we need to finish designing this sure. because uh, and, and what what happened was we offered a free NFT, which is a free NFT on our platform that's only going to be for the people that participated in the survey. And this guy's like, "Yo, it's been two weeks. Where the hell is my free NFT?" And I just responded, "I was like, you want twenty five dollars? Like, I'll give you twenty five dollars to stop." He was writing mean emails to the like survey uh, uh, lady people who were helping us. <laughs> And, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, dude, how about you uh, shut your fucking mouth, basically, and I'll get you the NFT when when we get to it. What what were you expecting? Like, what I don't know how much he was expecting. The NF was he expecting a five hundred dollar NFT? He didn't ask what the price was. So I, I don't know. The whole thing is everyone's like, uh, uh, like. You got you got to grease everybody's hands in this business, Pio, including your holders. You know you got to pay them off. You got to say, and I'm interested. If those are the type of holders that you are, shoot me a DM and let me know how much I got to grease you for you to talk positively about us for one year. <laughs>
You're gonna okay. get DMs. You're gonna get DMs. Give me, give me the price. <laughs> give me the price. You need. I have a requirement. You need over five thousand Twitter followers. Okay. Okay. If you have over five thousand Twitter followers. Your boy's ready to grease. Okay. <laughs> so are we going to take a mafia esque approach to uh, running the organization where basically uh, you just pay people off on the on the hush or oh, I don't know the you know I don't know the mafia terms. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it, they're gonna get ranked. They're gonna get hired. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not paying everybody. Like, it's not like I, the mafia doesn't own every business. They're very selective about who they abuse. You know, and I think that that's like a key thing that you need to think about. The, I'm interested in psychological uh, makeup of the people who are applying. You know, talk talk to me about how long your last relationship was. Tell me like, uh, what was your childhood? Are you single parent, two parent? Uh, did your parents get divorced at a young age? Did they, did it happen at an older age? Did you get bullied as a child? Like these are the things that I'm really interested in understanding so I can figure out how far we can actually push it once we've given you $25. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm trying to understand. So shoot me a DM and uh, let me know. Remember requirement, you need to have at least 5,000 followers. Well, I like that there's a requirement laid out, and it sounds like Nick has uh, architected this system of us paying uh, under-the-table dollars in a mafia-esque uh, way to um, you know, grease the hands of individuals in the space. It's less mafia. It's more like abusive. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to discuss the surge in friend tech copycats. Who could have seen that coming? Friend tech copycats being built and the great blur farming migration. Very interesting stuff. Uh, Nick, I believe it was right before you joined the pre-show, um, you know, uh, back room, the green room before we went live. Uh, I propose that you read the weather report because Signal couldn't be here today. Are you cool with that, buddy? I'll do it. All right, Nick, over uh, to you for the weather report. I wish Kix was playing some music here. Market volume uh, in the freaking gutter. Blur, 4.5 million. OpenSea, 3.2 million. Frentech, 7.8 million. Ooh, they're about neck and neck. Uh, total market volume, it says, is 9.9 .9 million. I don't understand where the math is coming from on that one. NFT market leaders, large caps are down 2 to 5%, with captains down 14% in the last seven days to 3.1 ETH. Uh, how, they were up at 10. Uh, uh, easy, did you sell yours? No. Oh, wow, God, that's gnarly. Yeah, I've round-tripped the shit out of it. Wow. Talk about Take a bad trade. Can we even respect you anymore? That's a real question. <laughs> Other movers include oh. Frodo Gremlins down 12%, Vessels down 15%, and Coda's down 5%. I saw someone buy a Coda and make it their PFP. Uh, honestly, I like that move. Okay? I'm here for the Codas. I think that's an interesting trade. We should incorporate that when we discuss these projects on an ongoing basis. Nakamigo's cloaks, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Everyone in the comments talks about it. I don't really give a crap. Collection is traded in the 0.06 ETH range. Why does everyone talk about it in the comments, Nick? Because they're just trying to pump their own bags. The Nakamigo's floor is taking a 20% haircut justifiably. Now sub 0.2 ETH. It's because it's a trash collection and y'all are dumb for owning it. <laughs> uh, there's been a recent... I'm not getting any mean DMs in response, by the way. A lot of the people on this show are shocked by, by my disrespect. I just want you guys to know, P.O. Uh, and Easy, 
that that's what our audience wants. <laughs> like, like, they're not, like, dude, NFT holders aren't here for like all the, all, like the fluffy talk. Wagamy, they're like, oh, they, they're just another Wagamy boy. You a Wagamy boy? Huh? You a Wagamy boy there? No, I'm no Wagamy boy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm like, hey, shut your damn mouth and pay attention because we doing this right. There have also been a flurry of friend tech competitors launched on various blockchains. Basically, you name a blockchain, there's a friend tech competitor. Uh, Post tech on Arbitrum received sizable tra uh, traction yesterday. The platform received over 20,000 new users before seeing its TVL peak at 1 million and then dumped 50% in the same day because, I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, th this is an inaccurate representation of the way that this is being described. The bottom line is it still has a TVL of $600,000, which is like kind of ridiculous for something that came out of nowhere. Lastly, proof of play, as we discussed, $33 million uh, round ra uh, raise led by A16Z, also included angel investors like Naval, Balaji, Justin Khan, and a bunch of other people that have a billion dollars. <laughs> um, newsletter, Pia, what's going on there? Well, the Daily Digest is posted to X every single morning because I see other people's newsletters that are being posted to X and X only getting commended by everyone, even though ours has been a two and a half year, uh, you know, staple of the NFT space, but it wasn't on wow. X. So you sound angry. No, no, I'm not. I'm just saying it's on X now because everything has it's to also happen. Presented, and it's also the title there, Clemente, on that tweet. I, you can do better. Oh, what were you gonna say, some live feedback from Nick. The the other thing I want to give people context on is that this is Nick when he feels like things are going like really well, like when he's excited. The fact that Nick's now telling people to shut their mouth and basically like get <laughs> off his back. This is actually an indicator. It's literally an indicator of him being like, yeah, things are actually in a really great place right now. Like, I, I just want to translate that for people. And that's actually something I find incredibly entertaining. Like, Nick called me at 6 o'clock yesterday or 6.30. He's like, yeah, I actually think things are, like, really lining up right now. I was feeling pretty good about it. And then he just comes out this uh, this morning in this way. But anyway, here the – may have had to do with the fact that I got 0% deep sleep last night, which no. is weird. I got over eight hours of sleep, 0%. I had a glass of wine last night, P.O., and I, apparently hey, that, that uh, apparently gave me zero deep sleep, which is weird because I did have dreams, but you would imagine that the deep sleep would have happened. Yeah, the, the, um, the, the, I don't know if that thing that you're using is the best uh, you know, tool to use. However, I also know that wine will barbecue your sleep. I also see people racing in just being like, it should have been on X the whole time. We get it. X is the only platform that matters. We get it. X, 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 X. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. X is our stuff. Don't worry. All about X. You don't care about YouTube, don't care about newsletter, no problem, X. Uh, anyway, here are the updates from the newsletter. Cool Pets Sidekicks Mint is live, allowing users to burn two cool pets for a sidekick's character. Cool Pets saw, that over one, uh, saw over 100 sales in the last 24 hours, and sidekicks are holding a 0.05 ETH floor. Rollbit. Big name in the crypto, uh, you know, gambling uh, arena. Robit sunsets their DGen exchange product due to regulatory uncertainty and low adoption with the RLB token functionality unchanged and withdrawals unaffected. Uh, MLB.eth, interesting ENS. Oh, wow. That is a low price. That, that was a steal. Wow. 0.5 ETH, everybody. That's how much it sold for. 0.5 ETH. 
Where are all the where's the ENS boy army when you need them? LMLB.eth snuck across the goal. That is an indicator of where we're at in the market because previously the ENS boy army would have been all over this. So it sold for only a half ETH with over 13 months of registration remaining. That is the steal of the century, according to the ENS boy army. I'm going to agree with them. I'm totally going to agree with them. I recommend wh whoever. ENS boy army, friends with wag me boy. <laughs> I don't know if those two uh, armies overlap. However. No, they're cousins. They're cousins. <laughs> they're cousins. Um, there, there's a rift in the family. Um, what I'll say is that I don't, like, I just hope that the person that buys this does not give it to the MLB. I believe the NBA person, the person that owned NBA.eth just gave it to the NBA. I do not co-sign that. Uh, you got to make these big corporations pay for it. They don't want to pay for anything. Uh, next story, Jack Butcher announces Opepin Set 21 featuring a Bitcoin-themed Chancellor on Brink Opepin with the set quickly reaching the minimum required opt-in. So there you go. It's a good-looking Opepin Bitcoin colors. Love to see it. What's so funny, Clemente? <laughs> it's the first time you've been like, damn, okay, shit. They're really doing something over there. It's a good-looking Opepin, ladies and gentlemen. A sugar town. <laughs> Because it's on Bitcoin. That's the only reason it matters. Bitcoin themed. Uh, Sugartown, ladies and gentlemen, this is the gaming entity that was a free mint by Zynga, shared more details about their auras featuring seven types, three levels of rarity, and including access to the awards reserve through the JPEGonomics hot take. Clemente put this in here. This is a Clemente hot take. What? What is it, Clemente? I'm... I'm uh, hot, nothing against the game necessarily on the specific NFT price action. I'm bearish on this. I read the thread. I read the conversion rate of the views to the actual thread being read in the comments. I Their impressions have gone out the window from a social media point of view. I see the traction going down a little bit and the the bullish sentiment of basically everyone being like, yo, this is, this is going to be big. I don't see how they can reach Point four again. That's my take. Reveal's gonna come soon. I'm uh, I'm bearish on Sugartown. Uh, Short term price. This action. is how this is how I know you're not looking at it from the proper lens. Oh, staking coming out right after reveal, which in my opinion is a better rollout because what's gonna happen is reveal dip. Staking immediately causes lower listing supply, and any sort of reward for staking is gonna drive that. They've also teased that the more you hold, the more opportunities in game. A lot of speculation on what they can actually do as far as like rewards for playing the game. So for me, I think, yes, short-term price action, we probably, we probably dipped to like 0 0.15, 0 0.2. Mm -hmm. But I think longer-term price action, we're going to absolutely go back to that 0.5 range. I look at something like Grapes, which has this Grapes token rolling out, and a lot of people speculating about that. Two live games now that are currently going on. I believe they're like a 0 0.44. So something like Grapes, which is Animoca-backed, Looking at market cap comparatively to Zynga, billion-dollar company who's had a successful rollout so far, it would be the least surprising thing for me to watch this continue to trend higher as long as they don't massively disappoint in some way, which is tough because it was already a free mint. So right now, I think that there's things on the timeline that are setting up for more positive price action longer term. I do agree with you on the short term that we most likely see some level of pullback. So who runs Grapes again? Animoca. Animoca. Okay. So we see it, grapes valued at more than the Zynga game. The thing I'm wondering about is like these characters, the PFPs that are coming, are they uh, 
they're badgers. I feel like they're badgers, yeah. So this actually looks like literally no, my they're not. They're what auras. What the fuck is an aura? They're not badgers. They're, they're auras, not. Nick. Yeah, they're not badgers. So, so what does that mean? <clears throat> Why is Mayor Mel have have a bunch of badger icons? Why is she posting uh, a bunch of badgers as her as her logo? Uh, if so, if you Google an aura, O R A, I suppose it is uh, a Komodo dragon esque animal. Oh, now it looks like a badger. This is so. I, I believe the badgers are going to be NPCs within the game. Okay. Well, the 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 badger. The reason I mentioned this is my buddy had. Uh, so, I, the, I'm. This is a throwback here. My buddy many years ago had sold. Uh, he was early at a startup. The first engineer on the team. That company raised uh, something like a few hundred million dollars um, during uh, a previous bull during the Web 2.0 bull. The face as Facebook was surging, and. Uh, uh, he ended up getting like, you know, $10 million or something like that or more um, out of his uh, stock. And he bought the domain uh, badger.com, bought the license to resell domains or to sell domains from ICAM, which is a very expensive thing to go through the process to have the ability to like just buy domains. And he built the whole infrastructure. It didn't work out. The, the product failed, but he owned badger.com and the logo looked just like this. Uh, Mayor Mel, which is why um, I thought it was interesting. This is not the current ba uh, Badger.com rebranded and is now owned by somebody else. It's a token, but the the logo looked just like this uh, character. So I thought Auras was like a uh, a throwback of that. Anyways, um, so I guess it's not Badgers. I guess it's Auras, and then Badgers are the NPCs, according to Bunny. Bunny's one giant NPC, anyways. You know that's what he's just doing around walking. You know, yeah, uh, that's his uh, that's his life. You know, I'm going to go over here, walk against this wall. <laughs> love the con. I love the play by play on how Bunny spends his time. Next story. Katy Perry has sold her music catalog for two hundred twenty five million dollars following in the footsteps of artists like Justin Bieber, Shakira, Fleetwood Mac and Neil Young. DC Investor commented on this. DC Investor will be a guest on this show in the near future, correct? Correct, Clemente? Is he booked? Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Very, oh, yeah. very exciting stuff. We've got to make sure he comes on YouTube too for that visual experience. But anyway, DC Investor weighed in on it. And he, his theory is that artists are dumping their music catalogs, which in itself is an indicator of how um, perverse some of the structure of the music industry actually is, that artists are selling their own music catalogs. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, Jay-Z famous- is, is Jay-Z famously bought his own music catalog because he didn't own it. Um, so really interesting stuff. And his theory is that the artists are doing this ahead of an AI takeover of the music industry, which makes a whole lot of sense to me. If you listen to that song by Ghost Rider, the Drake song, it's like pretty good. Okay, well, Katy Perry is a quarter of a way to a billion dollars at this point. So I think that that's like, I don't know. Like at a certain point, you also got to wonder how high did I think I was going to go with the price action on my own uh, uh, creative work? What, how much? I'm, I'm also curious what her like annual income is from her uh, music, right? Because what that's just like royalties. That's streams, right? And, and yeah, it's like, known that that's not 
lucrative compared to shows? I, I feel like it, it can't be that much. Um, and all of her money is coming from the, uh, she, she probably still had, my question is if she sings a song at a concert, does that actually, does she have to pay a licensing fee to the catalog in order to sing it? I, I doubt it. I don't know. I, you can't go and just play a song like a DJ can't play. Well, no, there's, DJ music, but you have to license a song in order to play it as a D like when you go play tracks, you got to buy those tracks to play them within your uh, set, mm. unless they're like upcoming tracks that someone actually gives to you. So like when you're in front of an audience, there actually is a fee that's associated with the music that you're playing in front of that audience. I don't know what the amount is, but it looks like she also makes $25 million a year as a salary. She's making so much money. Like, she's a big time artist. Get, I mean, that's just insane. Uh, that was for for twenty five million for American Idol, for hosting American Idol. Wow, that's an easy twenty five m. Dude, I mean, I just think she's got so much upside. I don't know what her it like. Uh, that said, didn't Taylor Swift buy hers back? Yeah, Scooter Braun owned the majority of them, and there was a huge drama cycle around it. Yeah, like, he was uh, he was basically not honoring any offer, and then he, she managed to go above him directly to the label and purchase them all back. I mean, this whole thing is. I'm, uh, I'm saying it's not ideal the way the whole thing is structured. It's not great for the artist. It could be a lot more streamlined. There's some mafia esque uh, structure that's deeply baked into that. Yo, you got to grease those hands in that space, man. It's very similar to the NFT world, man. You got to grease those NFT holders. You got to let them know what's going on. You got to put them in their place. Uh, for her to sell this, I mean, it just seemed like a huge uh, deal. I, I mean, this is a massive win for her. So I, I'm. it's just not clear to me what the value is of owning those assets. It feels like something where you want to put a feather in the cap. It obviously it yields some amount where like a private equity firm is willing to purchase this, but like this sort of yield that a private equity firm is looking for, I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to get like ten percent. So uh, if you're if that's what it is, if you're making if she was making twenty million a year on it, then okay, maybe it's questionable whether or not she should have sold it. But if she's making ten million, then I'm like, well, that sounds like a good price. Oh, sure, exactly. But I'm I'm just pointing out. I'm not saying it was a bad move by Katy Perry. Go get two hundred twenty million dollars as a musician. That's unbelievable. I'm just saying the fact that this is the structure is just clearly not what it would be in an optimum scenario. An optimal uh, scenario. The other thing is people are are weighing in here. Uh, in the comments saying that she re-recorded her own songs. And it's like, dude, that's just also not what you want to be doing. You don't want to have to- it's a lot of effort. Yeah, that's not, they don't, people don't like set out to be like, I'm going to record this, the label's going to own it. And then later I'm going to figure out it's better for me to own it. So I'm going to re-record it with slightly different tone and pitch to be able to do it. I'm just saying. Anyway, moving on from the Katy Perry story, last story, Call of Duty Warzone 1 will be shutting down with players unable to transfer their skins to Warzone 2, losing billions in value. Comments swarm the tweet with Web3 solves this. That's not a surprise. Um, it's also true that Web3 solves this. Um, and so maybe this will be an event 
that the traditional gaming audience will recognize that Web3 has a place for. Uh, look, Clemente's first story you wanted us to dive into is Nakamigo's cloaks being a buy oh, un under point zero seven. I think we skip it. Or Clemente, go ahead. I just wanted to say I bought it. I'm I'm making oh. plays right here. I bought. I'm I'm a buyer under .07, guys. Uh, here's why. Money's got a hundred dollar bet that they trade under mint price by five p.m. Thursday next week. Oh, I might be out under mint price. Oh, okay. literally all I, my one thesis on this is a Sugartown and Mitaria in the last two weeks have been winners. They're seeing volume. Basically, the only thing that people are are buying right now are these things. It's going to have some volatility. I think Nakamigos has one more trick up their sleeve. They're going to try to do one more thing related to cloaks or Nakamigos. I'm buying sub 0.07, leaving 0 0.11. Clemente, you're middle curving it. All it takes is a Beeple one day artwork for this oh. thing to go to 0.1. That's all it takes is a Beeple one day to send this thing to 0.1. It ain't much, but it's honest work. It ain't much, but it's honest work type deal. All it takes. Bunny has his hand raised. Bunny, what's going on? So they already have like the conspiracy theories gone easy. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Matt Fury, the the Pepe creator, he tweeted out a yin yang like the day before cloaks minted, uh, and like the rarest, um, like one of the rare traits within the within the cloaks uh, collection is this yin yang thing, and we saw uh, Anon uh, bought it for eightieth yesterday, right? So like these rares are actually selling for like very well over floor price. Where's Anon's money coming from? <laughs> I don't know, man. That guy's selling like a mover and shaker all of a sudden. I don't know. What, like, what's going on? Is Frentech floor prices way up? <laughs> Illuminati, is Nick. He, is he still active on like Twitter spaces and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This He bought this exact Nakamigo, so it's just a yin-yang for 80. What? <laughs> He's greasing those palms, dude. <laughs> So Maybe for, it's for like context, the highest little pudgy sale ever is 10 ETH. I mean, the, uh, so you're saying this is a dumb, uh, dumb uh, trade, right? Is that your position, well, I buddy? Mean, I didn't, I didn't say it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's, I think that's insane with the floor under point one. Are you saying that uh, Anon's a big fat dummy face? <laughs> Stop it. Were those the words that you used? I, I didn't use it. It sounded like what he said. <laughs> Stop it. Moving on. Well, I, heard, I heard Bunny said the same thing. I think I'm going to dump this thing, dude. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Bunny said all that, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Bunny. Um, look, uh, moving on, next story. We've got friend tech copycats. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, they are coming on seemingly every damn blockchain, Bitcoin, Solana, Arbitrum, and more. What is the story here with these, uh, Easy? Does this negatively impact Frentech? How is this about to go down? I think this is a positive for Frentech, personally. Um, I think that competition breeds innovation. So if somebody, one of these competitors, roll out basically anything that's tangible or useful, you're going to see that this will move in a positive way. Like, uh, I just think that right now you're seeing all these other ones try to capitalize on it. There's a Solana one called Frenzy. What's What I'm not a fan of is that these other competitors are just basically launching your keys without you, letting you start to gather royalties and then trying to get you on the platform. So like yesterday, I got tagged uh, way too many times throughout the day for people who are buying my post tech, which is the Arbitrum one, telling me to get active in the chat and that they bought me and that I need to show up and all this stuff. I was like, dude, I didn't sign up. Like, leave me alone. I haven't signed up. They're like, well, you have royalties there. Like, you can make some money. Come talk in the chat. Let's pump your keys. I was like, I'm good, dude. Like, this is 
a lot of effort that I don't want to I don't want to give to an Arbitrum based friend tech collection when I have a lot of other responsibilities that I'm way more excited for versus an Arbitrum based friend tech thing. Uh, what? Oh, easy. Oh, <laughs> my heart beats for you, my 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 uh, my love. You know this is <laughs> my this, love. this is. This is uh, this is a a, a a statement that I would have never, never expected to have come out of your mouth, dude. This is this is incredible. Uh, yeah, yesterday easy. was a long day, man. I was on the grind. It was a seven to seven day for the boy over here. It was it was well worth it. We were productive. Nick, I called Nick at like probably right after PO, like six thirty, and Nick was like, "The confluence right now that we have is just." engulfing my time so i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna wake up and just shit on everybody in the entire nft space yeah i don't know what's up with that so i gotta figure out what's going on with that there's no balance there's no balance my life right now is going great a bunch of positives are happening so fuck everyone else i don't don't know what the deal is yeah ignore that part but uh the friend tech clone thing i did see our discord going absolutely bonkers over friend tech clones yesterday and and including the Solana one, and I'm like, dude, what? So now everyone that's on Frentech is suddenly going to provide utility across 17 different Frentech platforms. Get oh, the hell out of here! Build an API that posts to all of them. So you post like an aggregator, and it's oh, it I everything. like that. Like that's going to li- be what happens is like it'll sh- disperse it to everything, including uh, a subscription only fans, your YouTube subscribers, Frentech, an email digest. It's just going to be an aggregator where, like, you think you're getting the real insight, but really, it's just going to eight places. Dude, Mirzda also noticed that you uh, that you're working. working out here, dude. Working. I think that's Down something we, need. we. I want. I want to record you in the gym, honestly, dude. Like, I want like one of the. You got some missing content opportunities <laughs> here to show the fact that you're just putting in that Nick, work. Relax, dude. What if I told you that we have the Rocky documentary that's going to drop in December? It's all being documented. We're aggregating the data. I got a one terabyte hard drive. We're dumping it on. You can be doing some posts leading up to it, though, that would probably get you another, you know, 50, 100,000 views. I've been thinking about uh, giving myself a mohawk. <laughs> you know, like, dude, wait, I got to tell you this story. I got to tell you this story. So I got a haircut. Like, it's nice, right? I got a haircut. I'm sitting down at this barber, new barber. Uh, the person I normally go to is busy, so I went to the same shop. This guy gave me a rhino horn with gel in the front. Wouldn't let me look in the mirror. He was like, dude, it's going to look great. Spins me around in the chair. I looked at him. I'm like, what the? F- what did you just do? He's like, no, dude, this thing slaps. It's going to look incredible. I had a rhino horn in the center of my head. I walked out, messed up my hair. I was so angry. I literally was like sitting there. I have a draft in my email, still typed. I never pressed send because I was like, I don't want to be that guy. But I was literally like, what the hell did you do? <laughs> like, I spent $55 on this haircut, and the guy gave me a goddamn rhino horn. I should have posted a picture of it when it first happened, but I was genuinely embarrassed for myself. There, I was like, what, in the, what did this guy do to me? There is an audience. There's a, subset, or excuse me, there's a subset of barbers that for some reason have this affinity and, and this obsession with giving you a faux hawk. And I've encountered it myself where they're just trying to figure out a way to give you a faux hawk. And even as you tell them, no, I'm not looking for a faux hawk, they'll try to figure out how to give it to you. Sometimes you really have to push back on those guys, but I, I get it. I get it. I'm interested. There's a variety of types of mohawks. I saw this. I was at a uh, uh, a thing. The uh, what do you call it? A barbecue. That's what it's called. That thing was called. I was at a barbecue, and this kid was there, and he had this sick mohawk. And I was like, "Dude, you look badass, man!" Like that. <laughs> this kid was looking fresh, and I was like, "I need to rock that style." 
And I, my uh, girlfriend was there and I was like, what do you think if I, I got the, the mohawk? And she was like, I say you do it. And so uh, there's, there, there may be something uh, here coming very soon. So get ready for that. I think we just go for like a hair transformation. I'm just going to have like, and it gets me a little teasing uh, the baldness uh, that would happen if I wasn't on Propecia. You know what I'm saying? Like if I, if I could, uh, uh, it, it, it would be much more clear cut. That said, the, what I liked about his mohawk is it wasn't just like pure skin on the side. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like the the skinhead mohawk is a is a punk rock mohawk mm. is a little more aggressive. Oh, it's quite aggressive. That then uh, I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking about that progressive mohawk where you got the side fade up to the like forward facing hair. You you need gel in it all the time though. That's the thing. And then how do you make the transition back to your previous haircut? Uh, Shave well, it all off. This That's is not, not a, mohawk. a mohawk. This is a mullet, um, Clemente. This is a mullet. <laughs> Very popular haircut right now is the mullet. I think probably – start with them. Yeah, probably popularized by Theo Vaughn's success because he's been rocking a mullet for like nine years or something, maybe more. Um, so he's he was early to the, the mohawk. Um, real quick, on the friend tech front, look, here's the deal. They, the friend tech has generated how many millions in revenue? Like a dozen million at this oh, point? Way like, more than that, dude. I thought I thought that's four like, billion. No, okay, no, I thought I saw thirty but, m's. But being being serious for a moment, Nick, think about it like this, and I'll put my my former uh, you know day job of being a, a recruiter hat on. Um, if you are a level three engineer at a company like Facebook or Google, when I was last working in that industry, which I haven't worked in now for almost two years, but when I was last working in that industry, a level three engineer at Facebook or Google would have a compensation package that was in the ballpark of seven hundred thousand dollars. Okay, what, what's up, Nick? What, what what's this face? As what I, what does this have to do with front tech? I'm go going to lay out how many badass engineers they could hire if they wanted to with the revenue that they've brought in to make it so that any competitors go bye bye. Like you can make a, I mean, you can agree, Nick. You come from the startup world, no. $13 million is not good. It's bad to have that much money. You can't make a good no, business with that. I'm not saying it's bad to have that that money, but it's not – when you say to make the competitors go bye-bye, uh, I don't feel that it's that simple. Facebook tried to compete with Twitter. Ha, ha, where's all my threads people out there? <laughs> Shout out to y'all in the comments. I just went to look at the biggest thread shiller the other day. This, this person was shilling threads like it was their life mission. I went to look because they still have it in their Twitter bio, so I just like clicked the link. Hasn't posted on it in six weeks. It was their life mission to become the biggest thread or on threads. And uh, yet they have not touched the app in six weeks. I was like, damn, this uh, this aged wonderfully. Absolutely electric. Dude, I can't say I'm surprised. And the the blind conviction that all these people had in, in threads happening, I was like, there's no way that this thing survives. Shout out to everyone who's like, this is the future, man. Yo, uh, this community is so much better that was some of the messages that people used to write. This community is so much better than uh, my community on Twitter. Stop following people that suck. You know, that's like a, that's like the the key thing. I will say Twitter does have some garbage. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, uh, I'll say some. It may be the understatement of the year, uh, but I mean, dude, just having engineers does not guarantee you success. In fact, it's uh, having success with product is hands down one of the most difficult things to do, uh, and it's so freaking expensive. 
like it that that's why like a lot of these companies raise so much money is that uh it, it just like costs so much to go build it's interesting seeing a16z investing in gaming platforms in particular i that's why i think the thing that easy was saying about that you know that company i'm just drawing a corollary here in terms of where it's most interesting is actual technology being built but friend tech has not developed any uh, proprietary technology. The contract is all publicly available. Uh, so you can go see that the wallet that they're using is privy. If I was investing in somebody, I'm interested in custodial wallet APIs right now. I'm interested in privy. I'm interested in, uh, fire blocks. I saw, uh, Sergio, Sergito, Sergito, uh, on stage promoting their, uh, uh, MPC based wallet provider, which I think is actually the biggest future play in this space. There's two plays. One is MPC-based wallets, so enterprises can manage uh, their crypto in a scalable way where they can uh, fire employees and hire employees and not give away the core keys of the wallet. That's a very valuable thing. And then the other thing is custodial wallet APIs where you're able to generate that for uh, clients cross blockchain. And Privy is one of them. There's one that starts with the V, Venly, that I, uh, that I checked out the other day. We're in the early stages of that sort of uh, innovation. And I think that Frentech is built on top of that. Now, if they go build an infrastructure, I'm very interested in it. Or if they go get a creator, uh, creative network of people where they're able to lock in those creators, which are like signed for a period of time that are actually delivering stuff, like they, they bought Katy Perry's music catalog, then I'd be like, okay, well, this is getting really interesting. But, um, I don't know. I don't see any lock-in on friend tech. I, I posted something yesterday that I think it's the friendster of the uh, social fi and creator 2.0 phase. Twitter is going to come in with some bangers. I think of uh, Twitter. Just did you see what Twitter just rolled out? The live no. streaming. So live streaming on Spaces, utilizing what they're referring to as broadcast. So you'll actually be able to share video through Spaces. Uh, DraftKings Network did it this morning. So they do a daily show on video uh, about around 7 a.m. So we, we did it today. Event. We did it today too, ladies and gentlemen. So if you go to Nick's profile or my profile on X, you'll see it instead of glowing purple like Twitter spaces, you'll see it glowing red because we are live streaming our YouTube video to X uh, today. So I, as soon yeah, as I fire. yeah, as soon as I saw uh, that, I made sure we did it. rolled out phone calls and video calls are rolling out in the next month and payments. So a Venmo competitor is all rolling out. So like he said he wants to be the everything app. Right now, we're getting live audio, live video, FaceTime calls, audio calls, and payments. And they also have money transmitter licenses in 13 different states, which is setting the precedent and tone for like stock and equity trading in the app. Making the messaging functionality is so key. That's the thing that, like, I just, it's interesting to me that Frentech didn't decide to use one of these SDKs like Sendbird. Sendbird is a provider that lets you very quickly set up a messaging app, it's very expensive. If you're scaling to millions of users, I will say the cost is very high, but it would be a way in which they are able to very rapidly provide a high quality media platform for people to interact. That's one of the things that's missing right now from Frentech is like, I think the video experience is where a lot of this engagement is going to uh, go down. Um, so yeah, that's pretty exciting. Shout out to the people that are watching on Twitter right now. Y'all are the real ones, man. I got 10 people on my profile watching right now. Uh, send me a DM. You know what I'm saying? I have no way of determining who these people are. Um, but uh, 
Thanks for watching. Well, Elon's clearly, as he's discussed, pushing the absolute hell out of it, getting your uh, 146,000 uh, people converted down to 10 people to watch. So we really appreciate 15 that. 15 now. 15, baby. 15. 15. How big can we pump it? If you're watching this live stream right now on my Twitter page, smash that retweet button. You know what I'm saying? Get, he was at 52 a, live viewers. Post a comment. Whoa. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you bones. If you if you uh, <laughs> if you smash that retweet, you post a comment. We're gonna send you some bones. Uh, you gotta be in. You gotta be on the platform on the nifty.com and uh, uh, send us your username there. Or or uh, you can actually connect your Twitter account on the platform, and we see your Twitter account, and I can actually look you up. Uh, so if you go to the settings page, connect Twitter after you hit that retweet and that comment. I and do wish we could I, see the comments in it, though. That's and the then, one thing. You can no, see I it can. on Twitter. It's, 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 it's on Twitter. Oh, you can. And, and so uh, if you do that, I'll send you, uh, you know, 100 bones. Everyone that does it today got uh, – uh, actually, that's too many. Call it 50 bones. <laughs> So you get 50 bones is what you get if you do that. Let's see what happens. These people crashing, saying... You already said 100. <laughs> well, it's 50. 28 viewers now. Here we go. See? Yeah, you're getting... We're going you're viral, baby. 50 bones. Remember, connect your connect your account on the Nifty. You go to the nifty.com slash settings. Just connect your Twitter account right there. Uh, and we'll, uh, Clemente is going to spend his entire day uh, figuring out... Uh, how he gets the bones to these people. 50 <laughs> bones to, to each person that's connected their account on on there. Boom. Congratulations. You just made 50 bones. Uh, so real quick. You said you already said 100. It's, it's 50. Oh, look at this. Well, who made that? <laughs> okay. That's pretty good right there. Who made that? That's impressive. Those look like those are like dreadlock mohawks. Uh, <laughs> the first one. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just listening to the show, we've got um what I would call some AI artwork. That I believe this is artificial intelligence based. Someone has been experimenting with potential haircuts from Nick, and even incorporating the headphones that Nick wears on the show. Oh, Antoine, AI artist Antoine, valued member of our community. Thanks, Antoine, for sending this over. Absolutely fantastic. He's experimenting with different colors. We've got the red. I think that this color red, this really feels to me like a late 90s, early 2000s goth slash punk haircut style. I feel like I, I remember that. And, and honestly, the yellow one too, same deal. Great selection of colors. I think green would be another color that I remember seeing quite a bit. Um, moving on from Nick's- I like using this to identify fashion for the future for me. I yeah. uh, that's uh, This you is a great approach. You look good. You look really good, man. Um, look, so we talked about friend tech competitors. We talked about um, we talked about the haircut stylings that Nick could go. You know, the the route he could go down. It's actually funny what um, <laughs> that you brought that up, Nick, because when I was talking about making that that video or whatever that I was telling you about, I actually was going to pitch you on getting a very trendy and modern haircut for it and potentially even get you some modern and trendy accessories to go along with it. So I'm glad that your mind is going in a similar direction. Um, last thing, I uh, want to talk about the positive sentiment of one of our favorite blockchains, Solana. So Clemente, you say that you've been seeing a tremendous amount of positive sentiment through Twitter and other platforms on Solana, including the Bankless Boys, making a tweet a tweet thread yesterday that got a quarter million views about Solana, baby. Um, I have been uh, the only asset besides Bitcoin I've been accumulating 
has been Solana because I'm giga bullish on Solana as someone that's building on Solana and someone that is uh, deepening their understanding and knowledge of what Solana can be in this ecosystem. I'm very thrilled to see this. Feels like a no-brainer to me. Clemente, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm comparing this to the Ethereum community, the Ethereum NFT community I'm specifically talking about. And uh, I, I wrote this in the call sheet, but it feels like Ethereum people are, the community's like bloated. It seems exhausted. People, a lot of the people that feel like they round tripped their bags. But meanwhile, I compared to the Solana NFT community, those people are moving fast. They feel alive. They're talking about projects you're looking at, like shaking and moving. Bitcoin Ordinals community is still very early and they they are passionate. But I look at the Ethereum community and people just feel exhausted. People are like beaten down um, with their bags. They're down bad. They're not doing a lot of stuff. But I look at Solana. I look at Bitcoin Ordinals and those people are still firing. I'm like, what's going on here, man? Is it time to start looking at other other blockchains from the nft point of view at least from my buys can i weigh in for a moment i want to hear nick's take on this and and everybody's but i want to weigh in so check it out so i had a conversation with my friend that was a giga eth bull and i was stunned to hear him say he'd been buying more bitcoin than ethereum and here's the quote he said honestly i thought Ethereum would be further along right now than it is. And I think what this comes from, I actually do think Bankless, uh -oh. I think Bankless has a lot to do with this. Go and watch 2020 and 2021 Bankless content and listen to the way they were framing the potential of Ethereum. And I'm not even saying that it's not possible for the ideas and the concepts that they brought up to come true. I'm not even saying that it's a pipe dream fairy tale, but I'm saying that the amount of time it would take to actually progress the blockchain to that, that level, I think people weren't expecting. And we have the fastest moving market ever. So when those updates don't come and it takes so long to get these things to progress it's it just it, it burns people out like clemente said the second thing the part of the ethereum narrative that i was always very confused by but yet the ethereum maximalists don't want to let go is this idea that ethereum will be the new global money i just don't understand why it has to be money i don't understand why it has to be money it's just so interesting it's almost like that's where they lose me. I'm Nick left. Why is Nick leaving? Don't leave, Nick. Come back. Come back. Um, I don't think the Solana community, the people that are pushing Solana forward and the people that are building on Solana like us, I don't think anybody's taking a, a, a flag and putting it in the ground and being like, Solana is the new money. The new money of the world will be Solana. I don't think anybody cares about Solana being the new money. And so I don't really understand why the Ethereum people are like, it's money. It's got to be money. I just don't get the money part of it. I'll stop there. I'll stop there. Thank you. Let go Thank of the you. money. Nobody was saying that. Like everybody's saying talking that. about that. No one, no one stops saying it. He's spot on. It's the only thing I've heard for the past six months, you know? But uh, the the ETH thing that's or the ETH thing that's the most surprising to me was ETH built an SVM, so a Solana virtual machine, which was like more interesting to me was that that recently went live, and it's basically like them realizing like finality and transaction speed isn't sustainable on ETH as far as like comparatively to some other blockchains. On top of that, too, like Bankless has been historically anti-Sol, 
calling it VC money, a dead chain, all this stuff. And slowly we've started to see these people be like, all right, maybe there's something here. I mean, it's hands down to me, the most clean risk reward play that we have in this market for a token right now. I don't think it doesn't get back to a hundred at some point, which right now is a five X for ETH to go five X needs to make an all time high for Bitcoin to go five X. It needs to make an all time high. So pure risk reward standpoint, we're looking at it and getting back to a hundred is less than 50% off all time highs for soul. It just feels like the most no brainer. You have visa visa, the largest payment processor in the world backing Solana for stablecoin settlement. JP Morgan just released their own blockchain for transactions of digital payment processing. So from that pure perspective of we're talking about money, transaction of funds, you can leverage an ecosystem right now that is built to scale, has 100% uptime year to date. So all that fun, and that's something Bankless acknowledged for the first time in three years, 100% uptime to date, which has been the historic FUD for Seoul as it goes down all the time. 100% uptime to date. So, so No downtime, no lag, hundredth of a penny transaction fees. So, I've been saying it since November 2021, PM. So, that was called so, crazy. So, so clip, that was called crazy, so, Easy bringing in a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of character here. Love to see it. Easy growing as a performer. Love to see that. Very hard to do. Uh, clip the whole easy thing, except when you said money, take that out and say payment processing. And then you're just golden. You're just, that was beautiful. Not money, but payment processing. Love it. Absolutely love it. That was dope. Look, we got Trip over here repping an ordinal maxi biz gassed up. And then we got Nick coming in uh, to not understand uh, money or Bitcoin. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's hear it. Let's not understand Bitcoin or money and let's party, baby. Let's go against Lynn Alden. Let's go against, you know, Bology. Let's just throw those guys to the wayside. Well, yeah, you're reading their books as Bibles each morning, and you actually <laughs> sit beside your bed and you pray to the Bitcoin gods and say, please make price go up because 90% of my net worth is in it. On the Solana side, I'm just, I'm just programmed to go up. There was, uh, what was the marketplace that was it uh, that launched uh, the compressed NFT support yesterday? Sniper. Sniper.xyz. So Sniper has that. I, I think that. Um, there's a lot of interesting things going on that on that side of things. I was reading about uh, the process for minting compressed NFTs because that's actually where one area where I am potentially interested um, in seeing places where we can uh, mint NFT. Like, there's multiple things. We have Polygon is where we mint our NFTs right now. I'm interested in seeing if someone wants to withdraw to uh, Solana and trade there. I'm actually interested in them being able to select which blockchain they can actually go and move their NFT for because everyone wants it in their own wallet. Cool. I'll give it to you in your own wallet, and, and, uh, and, but we'll control which ones actually you can withdraw, and you can pay us to withdraw it to that, uh, to that wallet, essentially, in bones, of course, because the bones are the dollars. You know what I'm saying? So uh, little, that's, that's what, what's that? A little reference to I think you should leave there. Yeah, but uh, uh, I also in our in our ecosystem the bones are the dollars, you know. That's right. And uh, so, so that's, cash city, baby. That's what we're focused on. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's what I'm uh, I'm uh, lost on now. But the bottom line is it's uh, evolving on the Solana chain. That's where I see all the innovation taking place. I'm excited about Breakpoint. I'm excited about our event at Breakpoint. If you're not going to Breakpoint, if you're not coming to the event, 
you're missing out. I'm gonna be honest about that. Uh, we're gonna be there's gonna be some limited uh, merch there uh, that we're that we're gonna have. How did they? Oh, they AI'd the background so that you have this huge. Uh, kind of disturbing that they AI'd the background almost. I mean, obviously that's a bit higher than the actual wall of this room, but it is kind of disturbing that AI can extrapolate your surroundings at such an accurate level. I don't know what that like red wiring is on the desk, but it's still pretty wild. Well, by extrapolate, it's literally just extended it up. I don't even know if that required AI, to be perfectly honest. But the bottom line is Solana, Solana, Solana. I, like That's where all of the action is happening right now, especially on the development side. And Ethereum, the concept that there, you, we need layer threes, to me, has me just completely lost. Like at, at the, On that front, it's just I, I don't understand what the hell is going on here. And, and uh, look, Vitalik is a genius. Yep. I don't think anybody will dispute his intelligence. Yep. And his commentary on, on the algorithm around the community notes on Twitter is very insightful. And he has a great, he's, he, the reason that he's clearly a genius is he's able to effectively articulate stuff on his blog that's highly complex in a way that other people can, uh, normal people can understand. And he does a great job at that. But with all that said, Solana is where all of the, the activity is happening and the, the blockchain itself seems to be working properly. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see what, what happens on this front. We're having a, I feel like I was going to discuss with y'all, us just having Solana month basically is like what the theme is and us leading up to Breakpoint where we just like do a lot of things around the uh, Solana side of, uh, of stuff is going to require a mohawk. It's gonna require, require Mohawk. It's gonna require. I'm gonna get tattoos. Style. I'm oh, going from this. Like, I, either I'm like, do I wear suits or do no, I wear no, like, no, do no, I go no. leather style? Is yeah, like leather. The, uh, uh, assless chaps, I think would be oh, great for you. Okay. Uh, we yeah. only play soul music for the intro and outro every day. <laughs> That's it. Just soul music the whole time. Drinks and uh, Bud. Really what about Bud Light? Is that the no, uh, dude? Natural thing? ice. That's natty, it. Just pure uh, natty ice. That's it. Just really lean into well, it. Shotgun action. Well, actually, I will well, say Aperol spritz have quickly become the drink of choice for Solana, uh, Soylana manlets, as they call them. We already paid for the expensive drink package at the venue, so Aperol you can spritz it is. You can order Bud Lights, but you have access to the expensive drinks because because I know that at an event you got to have expensive drinks. The other thing is we wanted the event to be two hours, and the venue was like, it has to be three hours. I don't know what to tell you, so I'm like, I guess it's three hours let's send it uh that's going to be in amsterdam ladies and gentlemen uh we will drop the venue uh but it's right near where the amsterdam conference is happening so we hope to see you there and we will have exclusive merch at that event shout out to everybody who uh retweeted and, and replied on that post i'm now gonna have to go uh create a tool real quick that it makes it easy for clemente to enter a twitter account and to airdrop them money so i'm gonna set that up real quick and uh, you're gonna ha you're gonna be able to go and take care of that Clemente, so that you don't have to spend all day. All you got to do is put in their username. And here's the deal: if you have not connected your username to your Twitter account or to your Nifty account in the settings, the Nifty.com/slash/settings, it, it's just gonna fail. So you're not gonna get the bones, and we're not gonna go back and retroactively add them. So if you haven't taken care of it, go ahead and do that. The Nifty.com/slash/settings, connect your Twitter account. We're gonna air, we're gonna enter your your Twitter account, enter fifty bones. You're about to get boned. 
Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something about Clemente saying it that makes it really funny. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, look, Breakpoint's going to be dope. It's in five weeks, which is wild. I'm so excited for Nick to see it. Because, like, Pio, your sentiment after last year when we left, you were like, that might have been one of the best, if not the best, crypto conference I've been to. No, it was the best. I'm excited. I, I got one last question. We we asked it for the Discord. I'm curious if uh, it, what the commenters say here. I'm going to throw this out. This has been private information. What do you all think if this show is no longer the NFT show? And it's just Cash City. You hear? Say it again, Nick. Yes or no? The the we renamed this whole thing to just Cash City. It's done. It's all about making that cash. Making that cash. Okay. You're, you're out here. You want to get that cash? Okay. So that's what we're talking about doing. Someone says no. <laughs> I, look, but I also see LFG. I want I want your take. Let us know what you think. Post that in the comments, especially on YouTube. Post that in the comments. Reply on Twitter. Let us know. We want to know what the deal is. We're thinking of re renaming this whole thing because there's too many brands with Nifty in it. It's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, by the way, someone said Kayish, spelling it the way that I, I used to say it. I own that domain. You best believe. <laughs> And I own like up to like a lot of the whys. People, okay, so <laughs> so people. Well, a fun fact. A fun fact. I think people might appreciate that they might not know about Nick is Nick is no stranger to what I'll describe as web domain accumulation. As in, even if like a new feature or something is you know, like kind of thought of in a meeting, Nick will without hesitation purchase the domain associated with that just in case. And Nick has flipped domains for like $50,000 in his life, which is a, that's a flip that takes some talent, ladies and gentlemen. That ain't a lucky JPEG flip from 2021. That's some strategy stuff. That's some Michael Saylor stuff, actually. Maybe one of the few things Michael Saylor and Nick, um, you know, are, are kind of like doing at the same time. Yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's that sailor movement. Um, real quick, uh, what was I going to say? Let us know what you think about it. Th ladies and gentlemen, we'll show up at events and they'll be like, oh, what's your company? I'll be like, oh, the Nifty. And people are like, oh my God, like I totally know you guys. And I'm like, oh, do you? That's awesome. Have you heard our podcast? They're like, no, no. Like, you know, you guys got bought by Gemini. And I'm like, so, so no, that's like not, that's not us. And they're like, oh no, Cash I totally. Oh, you guys were that company Nifties that actually shut down. I'm like, no, so that's not. That's like not. That's also not us. It's just tough. So uh, yeah, brand confusion is something that we're no strangers to. Uh, we're just throwing it all out, dude. And shout out to all the Bodagos. We've been missing an opportunity here to just make sure all of our brand is aligned, and that's what this is all about. You know what I'm saying? Like every day we come on, we're talking about other projects, but what are we doing for y'all? What are we doing for all the Bodagos holders and the portal holders? Y'all feeling left out? Y'all feeling like, what the hell, what's in it for me? Yeah, that's the question that I've been asking as a massive bag holder myself <laughs> of our own NFT. I own, I keep sweeping the damn floor. I'm the second largest portal holder now, okay? <laughs> and I'm on my way to number one. If you, if you, especially, uh, hey, shout out to those that are dumping it for pennies. I see you. I've DM'd people. And I said, hey, can, can I ask you why you sold it for $50? And, uh, and, and they don't respond. They actually, they, they don't know what to do about it. So that's where we're at. Get they don't. So I gave you all an advance warning. I shouldn't have done that. Now everyone's aware of what's about to drop. But, uh, yo, it's all about making that cash. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, that's, 
Bodagos and portal holders, by the way, portals obviously are going to become a new collection, which is the PFP members of the city. You know what I'm saying? So throw up those, throw up them seats. No, uh, no, 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 seas, no, people. no, oh, yeah. no, throw no, it up, no, baby. no, hey, your city. Throw up CC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go. We're going to run up. We're up around town talking about it. Look, and Blue Wood said, stop it. Now we're going to keep it going, baby. We're throwing it up. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's our show. It's Friday. No show until Monday, uh, 9 a.m. EST, Monday through Friday. That's where you can find this show. But you can find the Cash City Bodogos ecosystem 24-7. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We will be back on Monday. The show, easy. <laughs> the show is available on oh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, YouTube for the live stream, now Twitter for the live stream if you want to experience this on video. All of our stuff is going to Twitter. It's going to be a full core press. And uh, look, we enjoyed talking to you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And look, we do this all the time, so just don't go anywhere. I'm just saying it's Cash City till the death of me. Shout out to the Twitter audience that's still rocking with us. Shout out to everybody that's been here from day one. Two years in the making, 25 million YouTube views. Countless on Twitter, countless on TikTok. Billion dollars. What do you think's happening here, man? I don't know. I see Clemente in this green room still on video just vibing. You already know what's going on. I'm just saying we're going to be back on Monday. We will see you. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you so much for listening.